Welcome to our Dental Business Transaction Podcast. I have great pleasure in welcoming Rena Poppet, Managing Director at Carter Bond Solicitors. Not only do we have the pleasure of dealing with Rena and her team in dental transactions, Rena is a personal inspiration to me as a female leader. So thank you very much for joining us today. Um, Rena set up her firm Carter Bond in 2014. Um, and she now employs 32 people. Um, so congratulations on that milestone um, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abby, for having me, for inviting me and also for saying I'm an inspiration as well. Um, I could say likewise as, as well, but thank you for having me. Really looking forward to doing this. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, I am really, really interested and inspired by the stories of people that we work with in dentistry, starting businesses from scratch or requiring um, and understanding what people's motivation is to, to, to go into business. Um, did you have a light bulb moment um, or have you always had a vision that you wanted to have your own firm? This is an interesting story. So um, I, I never wanted to own a business. I never had this burning desire to be a business owner, to have my own law firm or anything like that. Um, I, in, in fact, it was quite the opposite. I would be happy to work as a partner at a law firm and work my way up the up the ladder, up the corporate ladder. Uh, however, what I found was in the firms that I worked with, I had a very different way of how clients were being treated, how you saw clients as well. I mean, I'd see them as long-term clients. Some firms saw them as with a shelf life almost of three years, and I would never understand that. And because I would do a lot of networking, a business development, etc., I'd almost build up a following of clients as well. So all of this sort of allowed me to look at business and look at how these other law firms are operating business slightly differently differently than I would if, if I had my own law firm. So that's when it kind of stemmed and the idea stemmed from. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because I think just liking it to dental practices, sometimes people find them going in themselves into ownership because of their circumstances. Um, maybe they're offered it as an associate and they never really planned to have their own business. Um, or, you know, they want the autonomy and to be able to practice in the way that they, they wish to do so. Um, so you've never really had, we're sitting there in the classroom thinking one day I'm going to have a business empire then. No, not at all. In fact, I was always told by the careers advisor that I wouldn't ever be a lawyer. So that's for a whole another podcast. But yeah, <laughs> I, I never had this desire of being a business owner or less alone owning owning a law firm. Absolutely not. It was quite the opposite, actually. And even when kind of push came to shove, it wasn't as, as seamless. I did look at other options first, which was, uh, you know, moving to another law firm to see how, how they did things and how they were with clients and how, how their journey was. But it was never the right fit. Um, I looked at law firms in the area, but there weren't many corporate law firms. And I'm, I'm a corporate M&A transactional lawyer. And then I looked at law firms in central London. And then I thought, if I move there, I'm going to have to A, do the commute, but B, also, um, rebuild myself again my reputation or my business development etc my connections and then I actually went for an interview in-house at Debenhams and I thought I could I could do this you know easy life I could be a commercial in-house lawyer 
And uh, I, I just thought I'm going to get bored. This is not for me. I could do this at any time in my career. Now is probably not the right time. So the default option was do it yourself. If I think that I can do things slightly differently, either as a leader or a business owner or as a lawyer as well, then, you know, put, put your money where your mouth is and, and do it yourself. And then that's, that, that's what I did. Fabulous. Um, so when you set out on that journey in 2014, did you have a vision of what your business would look like? I did. And actually, as part of the Solicitors Regulation Authority, the SRA, uh, we had to get authorised and regulated, or I had to get authorised and regulated. And to do that, I had to put in various policies and procedures in place. And one of them was the business plan. So I had to say to the SRA, please, can I be authorised and regulated? And here's my business plan. And the plan looked like this. It set out how I'm going to get clients and what I'm going to do to, to get them. It set out where I see the firm and where I saw the firm, the vision then was three people, uh, including myself. I would set up shop at nine o'clock, I'd open the office, close at five, I'd go to the gym at lunchtime and I would have what you call a work-life balance. And that was my business plan. And I actually look at that and and, and I, I kind of laugh to myself thinking I had no idea this is where I'm going to be a few years later but that was my initial business plan. I guess it's impressive to look where you are now and you know what you thought that would look like back in 2014 and did you ever get a chance to go to the gym or <laughs> finish early and head out to the gym? <laughs> yeah I, I, I chuckle so next year is going to be 10 years for the firm and I can say in 10 years I have been to the gym but I haven't been at lunchtime so I haven't done that maybe on the 10th anniversary I'll do that. It does take you know that personal commitment and sacrifice you know to build something doesn't it and that probably includes your in, includes your time um, absolutely so how do you get from you thinking you're going to have three people working with you um, to 32 how, how did, did that, that happen, happen? <laughs> <laughs> by, by chance well well the reason why I set up the law firm was I wanted to do things differently. I had learned along the ways how other law firms have done it, where I've worked at, and I picked up what was working well, what was good, but also things that I wouldn't do, um, culture, client service, all these kind of things, um, you know, being agile, embracing change like LinkedIn and social media and things, which a lot of the other firms didn't do, maybe because it was new, maybe because they felt like they didn't need to. And so as, as we set up or as I set up, there were three of us. But what I found was is that because of some of these values that I'd incorporated from day one, we were quickly be beginning to pick up traction. We were getting a lot of clients coming in. And because of that, we needed to service those clients to keep up those service levels. So my plan wasn't a year later to revisit the business plan and think, OK, well, now I'd like to get to six people or 10 people. It has never been like that. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. It's been that continue with our service levels, continue with our values and then hire the right people to come on board to then service those clients to make sure our service levels don't drop, whether that's with clients, whether that's intermediaries and whether that's even internally just supporting each other as well. So if we needed a HR person, for example, or if we needed to outsource IT or whatever it is. 
And because I continue to do that, what I then found is, is that we were growing and growing and growing. And that that is in a nutshell how the firm has, has grown, not yeah. because I've sat and thought, well, I'd like to get to 30 or 50 or whatever it is. It's just the byproduct of all the other bits and pieces like vision, culture, mission statement, service levels, etc. That's fascinating because I often say it to uh, uh, my colleagues and within our leadership team. Um, one of the challenges is as you grow is to hold on to your culture and to hold on to your values and really what makes um, for example, Lily Head, Lily Head, and what makes Carter Bond, Carter Bond, and to hang on to that and not lose it through periods of growth, um, I, I truly believe it is key to success. And like you say, and like they say in dentistry, um, reputation um, and customer service is probably one of the best sources of referrals and therefore growth. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. And, and it's great having this culture, defining this culture, um, you know, plastering it everywhere. But when you grow, it's very difficult to maintain that culture. Um, and and that that's where as a business owner, sometimes you know, I, I get stuck as well, how to communicate that to everybody, how to make sure everybody's on board, to make sure they understand this is how we're going to operate. But also culture goes beyond just within these four walls and, and the team. It's then how we hire or take on clients, how we work with other professionals, how we work with other intermediaries, how we're perceived as well. And, and that that's it's a challenge to communicate that to, to the team as well. Yeah, so with 32 people um, on board, how do you continually um, get that message through about your vision and your culture and what's important? And what direction you're going in? How do you get that? How do you get people to live it? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't think that there is one thing that that does that. There's it's a it's accumulation of a few things. So the first, it starts off with hiring and hiring the right people. So when we hire, we explain to them our core values. Actually, even before that, when we send out or when we receive CVs and we think actually this could be a good, good candidate, we share with them our mission statement and our core values so that they understand this is what we're about. A flexibility, integrity, commitment to excellence, all of those are our core values, what our mission statement is, what our vision is. So they understand that. So they're buying into this. And if they still want to proceed, then we'll move on to the next process in the in the in the recruitment process so very early on they have then bought into what we're about and where we're going with the firm we also do a lot of uh, team days so we did one in January um, and that was where we had the entire firm I'd say entire firm it's actually in the entire organization because we had our IT, we had our professional indemnity insurers there, we had our social media people there, we had absolutely everybody who works in the organization, whether directly or indirectly. And that's when we communicated to them the whole journey of Carter Bond, where it started, where it is now, and where it's going. And that was that was the buy-in. The buy-in was then about our values, why we work the way we do, and everybody rowing in the same direction. And what happens if one or two don't row in or are not brought into the same direction? And you know how, how that can impact everybody else as well. And that was really important to do. And we will be doing that 
more often actually and and what I've found is is that when you communicate that um a everybody knows everybody's then hopefully rowing in the in the right direction and those who aren't or don't necessarily agree with your core values that's absolutely fine as well not everybody is but then it's not the right fit for them and it may may not be the right fit for you so it, it works both ways and also what we do is we reward on behavior on core values as well so something like um I think it's 50 pounds or 100 pounds each month, Amazon vouchers. And the team nominates someone. So the last person who who was nominated would then nominate someone for next month who they thought um, exhibited and showed one or more of the firm's core values and why they're nominating them. Um, So we have that as well. We also have very clearly on our intranet what the core values are in the office. We have a big poster about core values. We're always explaining to everybody that everything is is built on our core values, mission statement and our vision. So that's in a nutshell how we try and communicate it to, to the team. So really, you're attracting the the right people from the from the outset um, and retaining the right people, and sort of um, hiring and rewarding on the basis of what's important to you um, and the company. Um, yeah, I think that's really really strong from from what you set out. So something I'm curious about: you sort of said that um, you didn't set out on this journey to. Um, set up a business of 32 people all rowing in the same direction hopefully <laughs> so yeah. um but do you think um we deal with all sorts of people in in dental business ownership do you think that the entrepreneurial skills involved to sort of grow a vision uh, to realize a vision um is innate or or do you think it can be learned that's an interesting question so i come from a family of entrepreneurs stroke business owners uh, a mixture of them and I've always whether consciously subconsciously picked up some of these skills so my my dad has a shop and from a young age I would be in the shop and I would see how he would sell and and etc so I'd pick up some of these skills without actually realizing it's only later on that I realized I I had these skills but I I wasn't born with them I was just lucky enough to be around these people from a young age to be able to pick this up Um, but I mean you know Richard Branson wasn't just born being Richard Branson and with with all these skills I, I think it's it's nice to say it would be innate, but I don't think it is. I think all these skills can be learned and business owners need to learn them. I mean, before I started the business, I was very much a corporate lawyer. Um, I worked with business owners and I acted for business owners, but I never had that mindset. And actually, I lacked a lot of the skills that you need as, a, as an owner of a business or as an entrepreneur. Um, what I found was is that I quickly was able to realize which skills I lacked or which ones I need brushing up on. And either I taught myself by reading books or YouTube videos or hiring, you know, uh, a, a coach to help me plug in that and to teach me some of these skills or to go on these courses. So I think all of these skills can be learned. I think the key is to be mindful of them and to be honest with yourself as well, to be agile, to be honest with yourself as to as to what you're missing, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And once you identify that, it's very easy to be able to then recognize it, but also then to try and teach yourself this as well. Mm-hmm. I do truly believe 
Um, I think people have got their individual weight strengths and weaknesses in the way that they take action and uh, th their capacity. But I really do believe all people are always changing. And if you make a commitment to learn something, then you can always develop. Um, and it's like an associate going into a practice. I mean, that must be really um, to become a business owner overnight. You know, you're handed the keys and, and the, it's, a, it's a really steep learning curve. And there are uh, resources and courses and, you know, spending time to develop um, yourself because as a business owner, you've got so many hats, haven't you? You've got your HR, regulation, um, your operations, um, compliance, in, in, just in dentistry. Um, so you're, you're learning those skills pretty much overnight aren't you um so and then generally dentists aren't trained um no ex exactly that and 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 even I was I, I'm a trained lawyer not a business owner so very much similar to these associates who you know one day they're hired and then the next day they are the owner and they've now got to run this ship um and and it is the key is is to be agile and to adapt and I think over time, you you do that more and more often, and you're always going to be posed with problems and and issues. And the bigger your organisation, the bigger your business grows, you're going to have more and more of those. But what changes is you, and how resilient you become to this, and the ability to then adapt more quickly. In the past, when when I'd set up the business and something would happen, I'd, I'd take days to decide something. Sometimes weeks. I'd speak to people. What shall I do? And now it's very much like, right, we're going to do this. If it doesn't work, we'll change strategy and we'll try something else. Mm -hmm. So, so you're right. With with business owners, it, you are thrown into the deep end. Uh, but the key is to to adapt and to be agile. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing earlier, as you said, it's sort of it's grown through reputation, um, through client referral, um, because you've attracted um, clients to you from the way that you operate and what your mission is. Um, but I would say just in response to that, it probably doesn't happen by accident. It takes commitment uh, to make that happen, to stick to your core values, to stick to your vision um and you know bring people on board and help them to become part of that um so if you were going to look back and talk to yourself sort of eight years ago um when you set up and you were to give yourself um three nuggets of advice um what would you say to yourself Oh gosh, there's so much I'd say to myself. If I could go back and, and tell myself things or change things, there would be so many. But I think the three biggest ones probably, um, the first one would be to just go on your gut feeling. You know, we're, we're all, business owners are on this journey. Um, and a lot of the times we, we know some of the answers, but we don't listen to ourselves. And we look at the rule book, but there is no rule book, unfortunately. And so as the first thing I'd say is go with your gut feeling. Second thing I'd say is, is ask for help. Uh, I don't know if this is just me being female. I, I, I don't know. But I find it sometimes difficult to ask for help. But there is so, so many people in your network that you can ask for help, whether it is other intermediaries, whether it's other lawyers, whether it's clients, whether it's friends, family. There's always somebody who has done this before. You're not going to be the first person and you're not going to be the last person. 
So that, that's the second thing I'd say is is ask for help. And the third I'd probably say is is be agile and, and adapt quickly. The quicker you do that, the quicker you're going to learn and the quicker you're going to move on from it. And if you don't move forward, you're moving backwards, essentially. So the third thing I'd say is to be agile and, and adapt quickly. Fabulous. Well, I just hope that, you know, you've helped me in my network when I've got, you know, queries and want to sort of run something by you just from a sort of strategy point of view in business. And, you know, I hope that we can do um, the same for you. Um, I think it's incredibly important to develop that network and feel that no question is a stupid question. As you say, people have experienced and um, have tools and that you can apply in your business that actually apply across sectors because you're a law firm. Obviously, we're a broker. I'm working with dentists and it really is underpinned by the same principles, um, even if the sector's different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, take away the sector. We're all in this together. It's still a business. So yeah. we all have the very, very similar challenges and, and problems that, that we face. So absolutely. Yeah. So we've just touched on really vision um, today um, and what it takes to take something from an idea um, to a growing business. Um, so I really appreciate your insights. I knew a small amount of your journey, but had no idea of how it was conceived and how you've kept that momentum going to achieve what it is today. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me. And I hope that we can continue to inspire each other in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Abby, for having me. Um, and thank you to, to the team there as well. And uh, thank you for being an inspiration and also being in my support network as, as well. I'm sure I've called you a few times and asked for help as well. So thank you as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye bye. <laughs>